Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1124. Let's jump right in with you, the ID10T community. Events at ID10T.com. Um, like Adam, who is a filmmaker who lives in Massachusetts, uh, and because Adam uh, missed his friends in California, he started a podcast called Movie Toast News and Reviews. It's a weekly movie review podcast. It's every Thursday. They post a new episode on all the major platforms. Uh, they do movie-related polls that they get from listeners. They talk about the latest movie news. Uh, they quiz each other on movie trivia, and most importantly, review movies. And uh, apparently they love doing it so much that they are very excited to announce their own virtual film festival, Movie Toast, The Festival. Um, uh, he says, right now we're taking submissions through the end of September, holding our festival this December. So if there's any filmmakers in the ID10T community who have short films, they want to get some film lovers to check out, they should go to filmfreeway.com slash festival filmfreeway.com slash movietoastthefestival. Uh, excellent. Thank you so much for sharing, Adam. Uh, events at ID10T.com for anyone else out there in the ID10T community. This episode is my pal Michael Cudlitz, who of course played Abraham on a, a zombie-related show called The Walking Dead. I feel like Cudlitz and I met, I want to say maybe in the early 90s, because um, my old roommate Will did a movie with Cudlitz, and I'm pretty sure we met back then, and then of course many years later uh, when he was cast on uh, Walking Dead. Uh, sweetheart of a fella. Uh, and I always enjoy talking to him. We recorded this uh, a few months ago, so that's what there. I believe there's some talk in there about like you know when things go back to normal uh, or when things start to open up or whatever. So this was this was in March. Uh, Cudlitz is promoting Clarice, um, which of course is uh, the, sort of like it picks up right where Silence of the Lambs left off. And it's it's all about uh, Clarice Starling and the Bureau in the early 90s. And uh, Cudlitz is on that show. Uh, it's on CBS, but also on Paramount Plus, I believe, as well. So, uh, yeah, I just want to thank uh, Cudlitz for coming back on the podcast. This was super fun. This is the episode number 1124 with Michael Cudlitz as we roll the thing. Initiating ID10T protocol.
serenading me. Michael Cutlets, Michael Cutlets. You're so good. <laughs> How you doing? What, what, what are you in a skyscraper? Where are you? Are you I am in a skyscraper. I'm in a condo. I'm, I'm condo living when I'm up in Toronto. Oh my God. Oh, dude, I almost wore. I have the Enoch Sleestack hat. Oh, that's awesome. I have the exact same hat you're wearing. And as a matter of fact, before the end of this, before, when we're done with the podcast, I'm going to go get mine and we should take a picture of it together. All right. I get the, I get the best responses from this. People are just like, what? Yeah, I just got another one from that company that's an HR Puffin Stuff hat. Uh, Love it. They are, they are doing some nice work over there. I think it's uh, Angry Minnow Vintage, I think is the company. Uh, I don't know. This is headmost, but that's probably the hat. Yeah, um, I think the, the company the, that's making those uh, Sid and Marty Croft themed hats is Angry Minnow Vintage, and I think the a, a lot of what they also do are like old, like old extinct beer companies. Oh, that's great! <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Where are you? Are you in uh, Vancouver's? No, we're in Toronto. I love Toronto. I love Vancouver too, but I love Toronto as well. I do too. I'm. I mean, you know, I've gone through different, very di- various different stages of lockdown with the city, and I guess they're getting ready to to lock down once more. Oh yeah, they're going to lock down again, huh? I think so. Yeah, we heard uh, just today. Oh my um, god, that new new restrictions are coming uh, and being announced Thursday. So I imagine the. Uh, the dining, the outdoor dining and such is going to be taken away. But you, uh, I'm, I guess if you're, you're shooting the show up there, so you probably are working quite a bit and then just going to and from set most of the time. Yes. I would imagine. Yeah. That's mostly, that's pretty much exactly all it is. I think in a way we're all, we're, we're, we're protected by the hours we work because all we do is, you know, we, we're around the same people all the time. We go, you know, we go to work, we come home, we go back to work. <laughs> yeah and when you're shooting like when you're shooting the kinds of shows that you work on i would imagine there's not a lot of energy left to go out and tear up the town no if <laughs> if there were if there were a town to tear up we would not be tearing it either way <laughs> let's see what do i see right there so i see a barbecue on your balcony are those weights are those like those adjustable weight sets where you can yeah these are like a european uh a european deal and because you can see it i can you you turn this up, if you go all the way down to, you know, to nothing, this up, just just a ring. Got you know, it. And then you go all the way up. More than just yeah, that's, that's nice. Yeah, but it's kind of a little dicey because I've had, you know, they've been perfectly fine. And then one day when I was doing curls, one of them dropped off the end. Oh, that's probably not what you would want to happen when you're curling a weight. Well, the curling is okay, but the day before I had been doing some stuff over my head. And <laughs> so now I've, I've completely stopped anything that goes up, obviously, over my head with them. And, I'm, and I, I haven't had a good workout now in like a month and a half because I'm totally freaked out that I'm going to smash my face in with a steel plate, which is not necessarily an unfounded fear. No, 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 no. That seems like a very founded fear, and particularly 
you know, in uh, in your line of work, you don't want to crush the moneymaker, Cutlets. Exactly. It's like, come on, look at this. We got all this going on here. What are you, crazy? <laughs> you don't want to show up to work and just, like, have, like, two front Half two my face, one tooth, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a new direction for the character. Okay, I just kind of what is, shut yeah. up. What are we doing today? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, I think it's like what people don't see in the show that they also enjoy. <laughs> exactly. So we don't know what happened to this guy, but it was yeah. fucked up. I mean, look at this. Yeah. They're going to be talking tomorrow. They're like, yeah, but it's all out of sequence. Shut up, man. Shut up. <laughs> and then they just, then they just write it. Then they just write in a scene where your character drops a weight on his own face. And that's <laughs> exactly. And they explain it. Then it starts raining for no reason. You're like, why is it raining? You shut up. <laughs> I mean, it's been fun to watch like the shows that you've done. Well, actually, all, let's say all the, all the shows you've done in like the last 10 years of just because with the exception of a comedy, yeah. but but really just uh, intense drama, intense creature drama, uh, and then now intense serial killer drama. I mean, yeah. it, you really you really do yeah. pick. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been refreshing for a, for a, a while to just do like. Oh, just a comedy where I'm just well. You kind of direct you direct intense shit. So just yeah. going to be a comedy for a while must have been such a delight. It it, it was, but we we kind of willed that to happen. I told my wife, I said, you know, I'm I'm tired of killing stuff. I'm 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 tired. Like I don't want to do something where I don't carry a gun. And you know, so we did. The kids are all right. Happened. Um, and actually, before that, uh, uh, the trustee happened with. It was a pilot we did with Megan Rath and uh, Laverne Cox. We had done a pilot uh, like the year before uh, the kids are all right. And um, so I was just kind of like going, I want to do this comedy thing. I want to do this comedy thing. And then we were doing the comedy thing and that the, I got to tell you, the intensity of half hour uh, comedy is, it's more insane. Uh, the schedule. and <laughs> I was like, give me a gun. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say that about half hour. I always just, you know, like half hour to me is just sort of the, that's the, uh, the, the coasting, you know, where you, ah, yeah, I, gonna... I, I mean, there were, there were great things about it. I was home. I was working, you know, we, we were shooting in the stages where we shot Beverly Hills 90210, the stages that I literally built when I was a construction coordinator. Oh my God. Um, so it was kind of like, it was very nostalgic and it was everything coming full circle. And look, the sh the, I had a blast on the show and Mary McCormick was phenomenal. Um, I don't know if you've ever, ever interviewed her, but she's what a force. Yeah. Uh, just amazing. I mean, I have, um, I agree with you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that was, that was all wonderful. And the kids were fantastic. I actually bumped into one of the kids, Santino, uh, who was on, uh, I think, um, was it American Horror Story this year? Did they, did they do the, uh, the, the Latin uh, mythology story last year was that? Uh, oh, uh, it was. Um, 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 it was um, kind of the same storyline that Perry Mason was doing. I think it was Penny Dreadful did City of Angels. Was it okay? Okay, it, and it was kind of like Perry Mason, which was it, good. It was really good. He was the little kid. Okay, you know the the, the, the kid that didn't exist. You know, with the the two blood tear. You know, the, he's amazing. <laughs> You just mentioned Perry Mason because I've been watching a ton of the original Perry Mason. Mm. Uh, at night, I have I, I I have insomnia. I wake up in the middle of the night every night at like usually three or four, uh, and I'm up for like two hours. And I just put on old Perry Masons, and I've really fallen in love with it. It is That's like great. it's classic, and 
what I find interesting about it is that, you know, now our, yeah, maybe, I don't know if it's that we've evolved or whatever it is, but our protagonists are all flawed. Like, like yeah. our, we love a good flawed protagonist. There, Perry Mason has zero weaknesses. He never talks above the same tone the entire series, but Raymond Burr has so much, there's just so much power in his character. Gravitas. <laughs> and, but he never, he never fumbles. He never falters. I think in the whole series, he lost maybe one case and you don't really know anything about what Perry Mason does when he's not in the office quipping with Della street and uh, Paul, uh, but uh, Paul Drake, but it's, but it isn't an entertaining show. Yeah. No, they're fun. I, I love going back and looking at all at the old shows because it was, uh, I mean, watch it, been working down the list. My son's been been doing it more than me with my wife back at home, but they're working down the, not a down, it, they're chewing their way through AFI's top 100 films. Got it. Um, not necessarily in any order, you know, but the, that's the, that's the sort of the, you know, that's the TV guy. Like, what are we watching today? You know, and we watched, uh, we watched Jaws together. We, we, we go, you know, one, two, three, go. And we hit the button at the same time here. And I'm watching in Toronto and we watch and we, we sort of Google hang out and, and hang out with each other while we're watching. And uh, Jaws is just phenomenal, phenomenal film. The, the staging, you know, the camera, the shots and the, get the, the group shot becomes the three shot. Then the, the three break off and become a medium with the three of them. And then the two break off and come closer and it becomes this close shot. This is in your thirties are like, I mean, you know, who is this guy who directed this thing? You wonder, never you know? happened to that like, Steve it's just, you know, he should, you would think he would have done great things, you know? Yeah, I know. I guess not. I don't know. But you just talk. see it like early on. And then what we watched recently was Citizen Kane and okay. oh my gosh, it was uh, so amazing. It's so amazing. You know, and the musical number in, in the middle of it, and you're watching, you're like, holy crap, look at this. Look at the amount of work that went into this. But these, these films were in some ways uh, so simple. And the TV shows were, the, you know, that way as well. They were so simple and pure that they relied so heavily on the story to be perfect. They, you know, the writing was like perfect. It was, if you pulled on any string of any of it, it all connected because they were all, you know, they were all playwrights that were doing this stuff. You know, you had, it's, it's, you know, it, it, just, it just comes from character and story where at times, studio notes don't always align with character and story. So, so the writers get hobbled a lot, not, you know, cause I, I don't blame it on the writers. I, I blame it on the conditions that the writers have to work in. Um, you know, you've had that too. You know? Yeah. You've had stuff that the character you wearing an orange shirt. What? Exactly. Why? Wow. Because I thought my daughter loves orange. And then you go, well, do I compromise the orange thing or do I, do I, not have a job tomorrow. So <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right too, because in those days of television shows were basically, it's like they were just sort of figuring out how to evolve them from plays. So a lot of them felt like plays, like even in Perry Mason, it's like there's two main sets, the courtroom and his office. And then mm -hmm. they will have a couple of like, they went to the home of someone, but it's really just watching this very calm central character and then these really kind of caricatures around him of all yeah. these like, hey, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, oh yeah, you know. And then of course they always, it, like, it's the thing that never happens now, which is, you know, in the final like five minutes, 
he's got someone on the stand and they're like, yeah, I don't know anything about this. And he's like, isn't it true that you went back and shot the, and there's a pause and he's like, yeah, right. I did it, but he had it coming, you know, <laughs> exactly. Cut, cut to them in the code up in the, in the little uh, epilogue of them in the office, like, you know, having a drink and making a quip. And then that's the end yeah. of the show. Yeah. Well, that, that, you know, that's that, you know, you, you look historically television, that's, that's what Angela Lansbury you know, you know, uh, Beretta, you know, uh, Columbo. I think Lansbury as Beretta would have been really fun. <laughs> but they all had that summation, you know, Columbo. It was all going off the rails. And in the end, he's like, OK, all right. All right. Good. I'll get. But, you know, one thing was, you know, oh, you got me. You know, and it was all. I mean, <laughs> listen, I'm just, I, I'm just going to throw an idea out there. Uh, Michael Cudlitz as Columbo, a one man show, where you just, because I, I, you know, your face contorted. You did the Columbo I, face. I'd like, rather, I'd rather do Ber- a Beretta, my version of Beretta, in in a few years. <laughs> I think uh, uh, Murder She Wrote for me is holds up. I, you know, my wife had never seen it, and we watched a bunch of them, and she was like, "Oh, it's, you know, it's fun," and I'm like, "Yeah, but it's." you know, it, you have to wrap your head around the fact of how many murders took place in this tiny town in Maine. Yes, like, yes. It, like Cabot Cove has to be the murder capital of the world. Of the world. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but look, as actors, we, you know, we loved, I never did the show because I was just coming up as it was happening. But I know as actors, um, they loved the show because she was supposedly amazing to work with. She was involved with the casting, supposedly. They paid like really, really well. Like you would get an offer. There were no auditions. They saw other work you did. And then they were like, yeah, I want that guy and that gal. And I like him and I like her. So it was sort of effortless. And she put together like a like a, a company for that episode. And everybody got paid really well. And everybody had a great time. And, uh, you know, it's it's how it, you know, in, in some fantasy land, how it all should be. You know, you just go, oh, what are you doing next week? You know, it's reminiscent of the old studio thing where you showed up in the morning and you weren't sure what you were going to work on. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this, all of My Mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, but I, but I also, I, that to me sounds like such a dream because... You know, when we're young and we're hungry and we're hungry for attention and we think, you know, we need to attain significance by, I don't know, accolades or whatever. It's like, oh, I really want to work on a Emmy or, you know, like award winning. And then I think you get to a certain point where you're like, I think it would be really nice just to work on something fun 
where everyone has a good time with good hours. You know, you really yeah, no, we, we did. We, I, I've had situations come up where, look, I almost passed on jobs because I, I literally, and I'm not going to say what, what it was, but I was like, they were like, Hey, you got an offer to do blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, who are the scenes with? Like, well, no, we're going to send you a script. I go, no, just tell me who the scenes are with. And they're with someone said, Oh, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll do it. Cause it was like, I was in my guest spot phase. It was a top, top show. And it was like, I just, there was no way I was going to work with the lead actor. So I was like, I don't, I don't need that aggravation. I just you, don't, I don't need it. You really, you really do realize at a certain point you go from chasing this kind of career that you think you should have for ego reasons to like, you know, I think I just want to have a nice time. <laughs> There's look to have a nice time. Every, everybody wants to do, you know, do great work and work off great material. And, and, and that comes around with, with time. And sometimes you slip into it, you know, easily. And sometimes it's harder to find. Um, I've been really, really like crazy fortunate. Uh, yeah, you've been actually really good, good, good material, you know, and it's, it's been, it's been insane actually. Cause I have been doing now working on Clarice. I've been, you know, we're in our phase where we're doing press again and it's like, you know, you hear these people, they're presenting you to the audience as their next guest and they start going through all the stuff that you've done and you sort of, you don't really, you know, the day to day of your career is like, you know, there's big chunks where you, where, you know, you were, I was in depression. I was unemployed for this time. And I was it. But when somebody like crams it all together and gives like the bullet, you're like, wow, I, 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 look at that guy. Look at him go. It's the highlight reel, man. <laughs> Listen, I, I can't sit and watch a whole sports game, but if someone shows me a highlight reel of a guy like doing a backflip in an end zone, fuck yeah, I'm in, you know, like, I don't mind watching that. You know, the highlight exactly. reel is always the best, but our, our but you know, like that's kind of how we, we often remember things as highlight reels and you don't, you, you, especially when we're sort of romanticizing the past, like, Oh, it was such a simpler time. But if you really thought about it, like, was it because yeah, we're depressed no. and insecure and anxious <laughs> and, you know, maybe, maybe now is okay. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, it's, uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I used to give that advice to people when, you know, cause as actors, we have friends that are actors and performers and, you know, I'm sure with you with, acting but more comedian you know people who are hitting it and who are not and the talk show thing it's the same types of circles people are hitting their peak or hitting their stride or or giving up or you know the the, the business is either good to you or not and, and whatever there's a million things that affect that but i always used to say to actors that were having you know sort of a rough time i go just write down the stuff that you have done write down your successes and look at those you know remove the time that you haven't been working whatever and basically and what i was telling them to do is create their own highlight reel right without without knowing and i think that's really good for your for your soul every once in a while to just sort of go what have i done and not just your work like your family and your your things and your yeah you helped out you know a friend or what's going on with your folks and your your how like whatever whatever your stuff is, just put it down in a list and look at it and go, okay, that's more of a representation of these three or four bad things that are, you know, happening at the moment. Like what is, what is really going on with your life? You know? Yeah. That's and because it's very, it, it, sometimes you have to see things to connect with them, especially if you're feeling, if you're in a pit, if you're feeling like you're in a pit, it's very hard to see out of it. And it's very hard to be like, but that one time, you know, it, yeah. So, but yeah, looking at it all together and trying to recall like how you felt and what that was, 
you know, and, and just n- remember that it's possible, you know, like, I mean, I, you know, the, the danger is you look at it and go, oh man, things used to be great. And you're like, no, 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 no. That means they can be great again. doesn't mean they can't be great. It just means yeah. that's sort of the sine wave of life. You know, that's just yeah. kind of how it, that's kind of how it goes. Yes. And you have to have the, the downs to know what the ups are, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, and, and, and it does, I think, balance you out. I have a, a few friends that hit it really big after, after school, right after we got out of college. Um, and then you left your whole career chasing that success that you had when you really weren't ready for it. So you're, you're not even chasing something that's real because if you ever attained that again, and you probably will, it won't be the same because yeah. you didn't really know what it was when you were in it. <laughs> right. Right. Like, yeah. I, I, I often think about that, that it's, it, I, I think it's better than to have that like meteoric rush of success. Even if like, I do think about this a lot. Like, even if you are just able to keep continue doing what you're doing, even if you don't hit that meteoric thing again, but you have a, like a sustained success for many years or decades or yeah. whatever, that is better. <laughs> because that's way better. That's way better. And, it's and, the it's that's the JT Walsh graph, right? Where you're like, <laughs> you know, and then you look like, back and like, holy fuck! Look at the he was in everything and he killed yeah. it and he was yeah. amazing. All yeah, that, and that's I've been again. I've been fortunate. I would I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing. And mine's been slow and consistent and and you know. Yeah, in some people's lives, there would be considered, you know, meteoric spikes. I, I, and I don't know. I've just been so fortunate and I'm so happy doing what I'm doing. I'm just enjoying it. I don't really, the, the success, like the, that part of it, I don't even consider anymore. I was like, Oh, it'd be great if I, I, I look at roles now and it's like, Oh, it'd be great if I could do that role. And people are like, well, it's the, the movies, the, you know, the script's not that great. I go, no, but that role is amazing. You know, it's, yeah. you, you go after those things that, that really appeal to you. And, and, and that's, you know, I, obviously that, that come, came with time and, you know, success. So I don't diminish that, but I just, uh, I love doing the work, you know. Uh, that was one of the, the, the wonderful conversations we had when, uh, with my wife, when, uh, when, they were killing me off walking dead and they're like, yeah, we want you to keep the secret for the next year. Um, so, you know, we're going to pay you to do that and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, we had to re- redo the contract because I was still on contract. They wanted to take me off and change it, which was fine. And I was like, but it, you have to understand that it has to be worth it to me to not do the work. Right. And if you're not paying me like a lot, I would rather take, nothing and go to, you know, and, and do work that I'm not getting paid for. I mean, you know, like, I mean, I, I, I mean, I care about their show. Obviously I love those people over there and, and, and would do almost anything for them. Um, but at the, at the time we're going through this, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like you, you're, you're, you're talking about paying me not to do what I love to do. So yeah, it has to be a lot. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, not just, Oh, I'm happy with the little things. I, Cause I would, I'd rather, like, don't pay me, cut me loose and let me go get another job. You want to work. You want to be able to, Yeah. you don't, it's it, it, like, I want to create, I don't want to lose this time. Well, that's the thing, the momentum, because I really, it, it really is a career of momentum. You know, it's not, I don't, it's, I don't think it's ever really one job. It's the momentum that you create and the momentum 
creates activity, which creates um, more opportunity, more options. And that's, I feel, I feel like that's really what you work for is yeah. to create that momentum so that you do have us. And look, obviously, what has the last year taught us? Well, that anything can happen. We, you know, yeah. even if you think you kind of have everything set up, the world can go into a, go into a global pandemic and then everything stops, you know? Yes. So you don't know, but you know, bar, barring natural disaster, you know, you, you do want that momentum because it just, it's just this wheel that keeps rolling that creates opportunities so that you, cause like when I think of you, I think, yeah, Cundlitz will work as literally as long as he feels like working. I feel like there are going to be jobs for you no yep. matter what. And that's a really amazing more than any one job, that is an amazing place to be. Yeah, my agent had said that to me about five years ago. They said, you know, at this point in your career, and they said that we're not blowing smoke up your, your bottom. Um, you'll, you'll work until you want to stop working now. You, you won't always be doing exactly what you want. You won't always be making the money you need, but you will always be working now. Like yeah. you're, because you're at a, a point now where what you have done already plus your age, there's just not, there's just not that many guys who are doing what you're doing and have been doing it so long. It's like, you can, you know, you, you're in, you know, their, their words, I won't even go there. They, they, they said, yes, you'll go work. <laughs> it's, yeah, well, it's, it sounds very egotistical to go down that no, road, but it's no, no, no. Uh, but I know, but I know what you mean. And I brought it up and I agree with you. And I, I also think, you know, it's not like you were old when you started working a lot, but it did, it did happen. It's like cumulative. It wasn't, wasn't right out of school. And, you know, my dad always used to say, you know, when I was first starting out, like, hey, you know, Buddy Epson didn't make it till he was 55. And I always used to say, that is not comforting. But <laughs> now as I start to get older, I realize it it's is a comforting. little more comforting. It is because you, you sort of, you realize that, um, you know, that when I was like 20 and I couldn't connect with that, but sort of realizing like, yeah, but if you, but you'll have a lot of time to do a lot of things. And, and, and so, and, and that to me is, is really what it's about. Just being able to do a lot of different types of things and play in a lot of different, you know, different, different arenas. And that is a, in and of itself is a, a nice sense of security when you know you can work and kind of make it about the work and make it yeah. work no matter what. Yeah. And I think every job you get is like, is a brick, you know, you could say. And at the end of, you know, not the end, but towards the middle and getting towards the end, heading towards the end, you want to like, how have you stacked your bricks? You know, what, what have you made with, with yeah. those bricks? It's not about, oh, I got a brick, you know, woo, I'm going to quit my job because, my, you know, that used to be the thing get, uh, starting out, people would do, they get out of school, you go get a job that, you know, can support yourself while you're pursuing your dream. Then you get one guest spot and people would go quit their jobs. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then what happens if you don't work for two more years which is like oh, no, man. Like, oh i made it man they're, they're like oh i mean maybe you know i wouldn't i'm not gonna i don't want negative anything but just be realistic Re being realistic is not being negative and no, listen, i just uh i bought a i bought a pontiac firebird because i got it under five on law and order so i don't understand what the problem is i bought a yeah. house I bought a house i bought a house because i booked a pilot <laughs> whoa no not that's not the path like congrats that's amazing like it's amazing but it's they like, like 20 of those they pick up like four i don't yeah it's like getting cat getting getting called in is a unicorn getting on the show is a unicorn getting the show picked up is a unicorn 
getting a second seat. It's like it's like how many how many times you hit the lottery and win the unicorn? Like, calm down. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I you know I always say that too about you know as we're sort of looking at the standing at the precipice and looking at the 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 end of the first Walking Dead show in a year and a half or whatever it is and and uh, and thinking like holy shit you know that show's been on for eleven years our show's have been on for ten like. There's just not a lot of shows that are on for a decade. That's crazy. You know, like no. that is, that's insane. You, you just can't, it, you just can't ask for any more than that in this yeah. crazy business. Yeah. And they all end in cancellation. That's the thing that people don't understand is that, you know, it's like uh, whatever it is, people are like, Oh, your show got canceled. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like a little sooner than I thought, but yeah, it's it's sort of like it's like you know, like death in in your in the human life. It's sort of like yeah, you die at some point. Like that's the that's the lifespan of a show. It gets canceled at some point. But there is a but you know, like you you get more than one life in this business, and you oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you you come back and you can yeah, and you're and you're on something else, and you know you never and honestly you just you just never know. I mean, you know, you mentioned you mentioned uh, a, a, another person uh, who. Uh, spoiler alert, may or may not have died around the same time as you, Oscar-nominated Stephen Young. <laughs> How amazing shit. is that? How fucking incredible and amazing it's, and it's, wonderful. And, and, and honestly, it does not surprise me at all. It's, um, uh, he was wonderful to work with. I, he, he became one of the, my closest friends on set uh, immediately. Um, his work ethic is amazing. He beats himself up far too much over the work, um, but obviously not. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, because, it because if that's the result, uh, then keep beating yourself up because it's it's just it's wonderful to watch and and couldn't happen to as you know um, even more than me maybe because you you at times have spent more intimate time. Um, uh, no more, no one more deserving. You know, no one more deserving. If, if that's a, if that can be a thing. <laughs> and I always love watching like a. I always love watching a comedy person, like hit the ground running in the business as a dramatic actor. Because that happened to John Hamm too. Because Hamm was really a comedy guy and obsessed with comedy, and then in, 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 initially everyone was just saw him as this dapper debonair leading man guy until I think maybe he did SNL and people were like. Oh fuck, he's really funny, you know. And Steve's the same way, where his background is sketch and improv, and you know, and so he's this amazing dramatic actor. And then he'll end up doing some insane comedy. Oh, he'll host SNL for sure, and then uh, and then be amazing. And then people are going to be like, "Oh shit," you know. I mean, we yeah. know that, but I don't know if everyone knows that yet. Yeah. No, that's, exactly. That's the other exactly. fun part about the business is watching people grow and flourish and innovate and you know it's like this really fun community and uh and it's it's one of my favorite things because it it also kind of helps us mark chart growth and kind of yeah. see and be inspired and sort of figure out you know how to innovate yourself and, and like I don't know it's it's yeah I feel like it's such a necessary part of the growth process. Absolutely and we're, and in a lot of ways we're all coming up together. You know, we might not all be the same age, but we're all, you know, everything's moving forward. So if you spent 10, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, you come across those same people, for better or worse. Um, but you're all, you know, it's a shared experience, you know, because when you really look at, if you step outside of it, the people that are actually 
able to and fortunate enough to make a living at it um, at any at, at any uh, position in the entertainment field. Um, you, you you're lucky and you're the few and you're moving forward and and over you know five ten fifteen years you all know each other uh, either whether it be in passing or a friend of a friend or you admire their work or you know so the, I'm I'm really enjoying that part of my career that's been happening the last five eight years is that you know the situation like with Clarice um, they wanted to hire me but there was you know the concern because no they were all like he he's playing he'll be playing a lawyer basically a lawyer an fbi guy with a, he's been a like he's does he wear a suit does he even <laughs> like does have we ever seen and the amount of material that i had to send in to them you know because they were like people were like well I've, you know we've seen him in uniform and i loved him in band of brothers and i loved him in southland and oh he's great in this and so everybody was coming at it from different places so they they really had to take their time from what i found out after the fact um, in making this decision it, because I, one of the jokes I made was like, I, I don't, I don't wear a tie. Like when, I, when, do, what do, where do, when do I wear a tie to work? Well, apparently I wear a tie. <laughs> so <laughs> the character wears a tie. That yes. is kind of funny sometimes how these kinds of debates can happen. And it's, it sort of completely throws the idea out the window of like, well, you know, these people are actors, right? Actors. <laughs> you know, His so, hair is blonde. You know? Put him in a tie. Uh, <laughs> you know, he didn't have a bright red handlebar mustache before The Walking Dead. But guess what? What? He can grow what do you one. Mean? He can dye it, you know? like. It's... But if you read read uh, social media, you wouldn't know that. Like, well, you got old. I'm like, ah, sister, I've been old. <laughs> Where's the red hair? It's still in Taylor's drawer like three doors down you i'm sure they old. haven't thrown it out it's funny that someone just thought you needed to hear that someday i think oh, they just they don't even well i think it's funny because people would say that even in between seasons right you know and so i so i know what they're saying um and what they're saying is is that they thought i was young <laughs> that's right. what they're saying it's like, <laughs> <laughs> no i am old and i've been older than you and uh, not you them Maybe you, probably you, um, but it's it's funny to see how that that you know that whole thing shifts. Oh, what what's oh look at you with the gray hair now. Um, now, yeah, kind of kind of had the gray hair for the last fifteen years. But thank you for pointing it out on social media. It was just sort of I was dying it before, but I don't. Why am it's, I having this conversation? I no, this color this color red doesn't happen naturally anywhere in the world in nature. As Ever? long as you don't get up in the middle of the night and your wife's like, where are you going? Honey, I'll be right back. I just have to go tell someone on Twitter that I've had gray hair for 15 years. Like, don't. don't yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I, 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 I move on. I, I, I look, I look, kind of look at the comment and, and go on. I try to not engage. I used to engage the negative. And people would go, why do you engage the negative? And you know this as a comedian, you know, because that's fun. <laughs> Well, we are trained. We are trained to um, to kind of deal with hecklers, you know. Yeah. And professionally, but I, I do think it is a multi pronged phenomenon because I think number one, it's part of the sport of what we do. You know, there's like sure. part of the part of the steeplechase is kind of like, oh, you think so, huh? And yeah. if you're doing comedy in the UK, it's a real sport there. Like they really do try to the audiences heckle and they try to knock the comedian off balance. And when the comic can deal with it and fire back it's part of the show you know happens yeah. a little bit here but not as much still happens but but then of course the other part of it too is that 
sort of it taps into that insecurity that we feel of like, well, why is this, per- is this person not having fun? You know, a thousand people sure. could be laughing and you look at the one person whose face hasn't cracked and you're like, are they not, what am I, you know, and we are just yeah. trained. So it is professional, but at the same time, it is also part of our like insecurities and ego and stuff. So it's, it's yeah. just kind of an unholy union of these two, these two things. Yes. And then when you, when you truly learn initially, when you get on social media, we, we don't know, we just, we, you know, everybody loves doing it and it's fun and it's like, holy crap, look at this interaction, you know? And then you realize that people will attack because they know that you will answer. And then once you answer you, when they attack you, you know, the very few people see it. Yeah. Very few people see it unless they're really searching through your timeline and really actively going and, and fans do that. Um, but with you respond, you've now sent it out as from you to everybody that you are yeah, engaging. Yeah, you, you've amplified it. You've amplified the voice. Exactly. But a lot of times, you know, even if you respond and then someone's like, Oh, I didn't mean that. I just wanted to say, Oh yeah. That's that too. Sometimes things happen and I want to address it because, you know, we had somebody who had said, um, they were talking about, you know, your best fan interactions, you know, and I, the reason I do these, the, the conventions when I do them is because I love the fan interactions. I love, yeah. you know, and, and, and I spend time with everybody and I make sure everybody has a great time. And we, you know, we have things, we take care of our vets and our law enforcement and um, we, we just, it's a, it's a really great time. So I've had a couple of times and once just recently, uh, somebody said, you know, put out, tell us your, your best uh, or worst fan interaction. And somebody had written, you know, I had a great time meeting this guy and this guy and this guy and, you know, and these two, not so much. And yeah, Michael Cudlitz, you know, my mom really wanted to meet him and which is my favorite part of the story. And then uh, we go, but, you know, well, but he, you know, really wasn't that good. And he didn't really talk that much. And it was just really, it was kind of really uh, let me down, you know, whatever. And I was just like, and I, that was like crushing to me. So I wrote them. And I was like, and I mean it. I'm like, look, if we're ever in your town again and there's a convention you remind me of this and we'll, you know, we'll take care of you because those things where they reach out specifically to go spend time with you, that that's our obligation is to make that time amazing. Um, that's why they're there. If you don't, if you, if you're not out there trying to make these events amazing for the fans that are designed for fans, don't go. Yeah. Because people are spending a lot of time and money and they're they're yeah. you know, like it's, and you know, as a fan, like, you you want to connect and as much as you know it's a, it can be a one it can feel like a one-sided thing when you're a big fan of a show and then when you have the opportunity to make it a two-sided thing where you actually get to connect with someone yes i have to say that was a you know for that that person it didn't sound like a disrespectful thing that they said it was just no, like, it wasn't this was an honest and that gives you the opportunity to go oh my god let me make this right as opposed yeah. to Hey, that guy's a fucking piece of shit. And then you feel defensive and you're like, what the fuck? Why yeah, are you yeah, telling yeah. me? They go, fuck you, know? you. Fuck you, man. Maybe you were an asshole. You know, <laughs> you got then, old, you know, man. You used to be not old. And now you're old. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you, maybe you're so unhappy because you're gray. Yeah. Maybe you need to take naps. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, that's probably not why I'm grumpy, but yeah, naps are maybe good. You to, maybe you need to drop a European weight system on your face. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly but she was she was great she wrote back and she was like um you know didn't even apologize which was great she was like oh my gosh thank you so much and you know because i said have a great week and you know tell your mom you know same thing goes for your mom and you know and all that she was like oh that's awesome and someone else wrote 
I, you know, well, for what it's worth, I had a great time when I saw it and I wrote him back. I go, it's not about that. I go, sometimes people have bad days. I could have had a bad day. They could have been off knows? We yeah. each other. It's, you know. But at least, you, at least, you know, like giving you, 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 you know, this person, you know, like gave the opportunity to make it right. And that's yeah, nice. like exactly. that's nice that you, you know, and, and, and now, now the next interaction, whenever that's allowed again, will be 10 times better, you know, because- as, as it should be, you know, and, yeah. and I do, I truly, I, 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 I love meeting the fans at these events. It's, it's fantastic. It is, uh, you know, it, especially because you want, you know, when you're meeting people, that part of you just wants to like, oh, like if there if there's a lot of people waiting, you want to spend as much yes. time as possible with each person. But you also know like, well, there is a limited amount of, you know, because everyone's got to get through. So you really just want to do your the best job that you can to make yep. whatever time you have as engaging and just like, you know, look people in the eye and listen and and really connect and not just treat it like a line of cattle, you know, like it. Yep. Because if you're doing it, if you're doing it right, you should be exhausted at the end of the day. Absolutely. That's what it's, that's what you're supposed to do is you, yep. you know, as much as people have given of their time to you, this is your opportunity to like, be able to thank them and, you know. And yeah. Like, and we, we only yeah. exist and we only work because them, if everybody decided that, you know, I don't, you know, I don't like that factor anymore. Yeah. Then you wouldn't work. It's yeah. like that simple. <laughs> you know, if, if comedians, if, if they decided you weren't funny uh, or clever or char- like I'm done and it, and it happens in our in our career. So like I'm I'm thankful, I'm grateful. Uh, and it's, you know, not misplaced because it's it's uh, they make us who we are. You know, we're, we're, we're running as fast as we can and and trying to do something that puts something out and they're responding to it. And because of their response and it's positive it builds on itself. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, we, we do not exist without that component. What's going on with directing. Are you directing any episodes of Clarice? Uh, uh, Clarice, not yet. Uh, we, we spoke about it when I was, uh, first came on and obviously I was like, don't even want to think about it first season, especially with the pandemic and the, right, 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 they're doing right. two episode blocks and this and that, and the show's finding itself. And any people in here who, <clears throat> who everybody feels really confident about so they can take risks in the right way. Um, and I'm still, I still consider myself, you know, really figuring it out. I mean, I've been very successful at it and I, 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 I'm in my mind, I'm, I will continue to grow. Um, uh, I've been very, very happy with everything I've done so far. Um, uh, but I've had a, uh, a talk with, uh, both Alex and Jenny and said when it's right, uh, and we all, you know, realize that we are on the same page of how these stories are to be told. Uh, I absolutely want to take that, uh, opportunity. Um, I am going back this summer to do um, some work in the final season of Walking Dead. Oh, um, wow. <clears throat> yeah, I was supposed to do uh, The World Beyond. I directed two of those. So like 20%, it only did 10 episodes. So it's like 20% of their season last year. And then I was supposed to come back and do two more. <clears throat> and uh, the overlap with this show, because of the prep, just didn't work out. They'll be finished and the, the, their producing director will be directing the last block by the time we wrap up here. Um, but I will be out in the, in the summer. Um, and then depending upon what happens here and then my availability, we may do another, another one or two on walking dead. That's still to be decided. Oh, that's so fun. I'm excited. I'm really excited to, to go back. Cause you know, it's, we're all family and you're part of that family, you know, uh, of, of the whole walking dead thing. It's no, it is. It's like, we are, 
we shared something uh, that very few people in this industry share. You know, uh, like you were saying earlier, the, the amount of time alone, uh, but the cultural phenomenon that it was, it is. It's uh, these are you know one one or two in a lifetime type things. You know, um, it really is. And 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 you know, when I think back to that. That you know that first Walking Dead panel in the smaller in the smaller room at San Diego Comic Con, right after the first season, and uh, like only the only the a handful of episodes had aired at that point, six episodes, and just seeing how nervous all the actors were on stage because they didn't really you know, and then just watching everyone blossom and then realize like oh we're all part of this fun weird thing together we're yeah. all a part of it. You know, that just, that does not happen on every television show. Like that, that kind of community, and there are fans of every show. Every show that's on the air has a collection of fans, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're all communities in the same way. Uh, And you say like, it is a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, it really was. It was a, it was a, it was a communal and cultural and television phenomenon. And it, it is, I mean, you know, like I, I obviously, I you know, I I knew it, it, sooner or later the show would end. It's it's still uh, it's still surreal, but it's like that is what happens in television. Like it happens in the lifespan of a TV show. You can't get <laughs> mad at you know eleven seasons, twelve seasons. You just can't get mad at that. Like it's like yeah, it's yes. Would it be great if it went on for twenty five seasons? Of course I would do it, but you know, it's the number. The numbers are still really good. <laughs> I was like, because I'm looking at the Clarice numbers, you know, and the thing, I'm like, holy crap, the Walking Dead numbers are still really strong. Yeah, I mean, it's, I I was talking to, um, I was talking to Kirkman about it uh, pretty recently, and I, I still, I still can't wrap my brain around how much television itself has changed since The Walking Dead started. Just the business of television, the, the platforms of television, the, way that we look at television, the way that we look at content, like it, you know, like Walking Dead is is one of the last sort of, I mean, outside of your like, you know, procedural dramas that have been on forever and SNL, but in terms of like serialized scripted dramas, you know, Walking Dead has a foot in both worlds. And it's, it's such a, it's such a different time now that, uh, you know, that's just not recognizable to what the business was 10 or 11 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's amazing. Uh, when I joined it, it was amazing. And it, it was sort of like, I caught the wave, you know, myself <laughs> and Josh and Christian, when we came on, it was, it was just before it, you know, it was getting ready to peak, you know, and we grabbed on and it was like, woo, you know, we just rode that way. It was like, Holy crap, what is happening? And we were all, we were welcomed by the fandom, which could go either way. You know, we've seen through history that some characters are not, you know, as embraced as others. Um, but generally speaking, they, 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 they do embrace people who get brought on. Um, even if they love to hate them, you know. It's part of the agreement I think, with this show in particular is that people are conditioned to know that new characters will come in. Yep. You know, characters that we love unfortunately we'll cycle out it's just part of the that's part of the deal especially if you read the comics you know yeah you know like, like Kirk, kirkman had said you know he, he wanted everyone to <clears throat> be constantly reminded that it was a dangerous world right that was the that was the impetus for that storytelling element you know so and it, yeah. it makes sense 
And also, like, you know, like when you think about the old days of television, you just you wouldn't kill off a major character. Like it was unthinkable in the in in the realm of network television. Like, what? Oh, yeah. Why would we kill a character that people love? That's crazy. That's yes. fucking nuts. Why yes. would we do that? Captain yeah. Kirk, Captain Kirk is not dying this week. <laughs> like, no matter how dang, you know, whatever sort of peril he's in, yeah. Captain Kirk will be fine. He's gonna be fine. Yeah, the crew's gonna be fine. And it's we we know because we can even turn to the back of TV Guide and we see that next week he's on. Yeah, yeah that, that guy's name who I don't know. He's he's, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. And, and absolutely the one in the red shirt. Of course, yeah. Of course. <laughs> I mean, that's not, that's a given. Absolutely. But. So it's it, it even it's just all changed. And again, like I was talking about, like complicated protagonists, and and also you know you've got a show like Breaking Bad where the where the quote protagonist is actually a bad guy. You know, like it, yeah. it it's that sort of the, the the flawed central character, and I and I think it sort of reminds me about how like you know how comic books were when they first started out and then you know a guy like stan lee comes along and is like let's make him human and let's give him problems and let's give him flaws and let's give him and it's just that sort of evolution of of character work which i imagine as an actor is probably way more fun to play than the same note day in day out it's the best complicated is is more fun you know, it, it's like conflict is fun. Conflict resolution is even more fun. Uh, but, you know, it's like these the ups and downs of television and the characters. That's what you live for. You know, you live for your character to get beaten down so you can come up out of the ashes. And then who knows how far before you get knocked back down. And yeah. that's that's you hope for those kinds of layers and those problems because those those problems build and they stay with you. And with the long formats, they compound on each other. You know, you get, you get over one problem, you solve one thing, you tear, you carry it off, you know, forward into the next thing. It's, it's with you and the audience remembers. And then in some ways it almost becomes easier because you have to do less because they know what you've been going through. You know, they're there with you. You don't have to, you know, early on in the show, you're establishing all of these things and making sure that everybody remembers. And as you go further along, they, they remember already they're, 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 you know, doing a lot of the work for you, doing a lot of the heavy lifting. You just have to kind of go with it and do your work and stay out of the way, you know, don't screw it up. It is, it is, it is funny about how easy, how quickly like a baseline gets established where, you know, when you're young, you're like, okay, I just want a job. I just want a job. And then you get a job. And then if you're on that job for a while and it doesn't necessarily turn out to be exactly what you thought and then you're like well now i just want this other thing like i thought you just wanted that no no i know that i know that but <laughs> now i you know now i need to be challenged you know so it's like i i was having a conversation with someone about like you know does art come from dissatisfaction like do we have to be a little uncomfortable at least a little uncomfortable in order to create or do you think or can you create from a place of comfort is that possible well, I think I think you can be comfortable, but I think the work has to be uncomfortable. Ooh, good point. You know, I mean, because I'm I'm very happy. Uh, I'm I'm not retiring anytime soon. But I I had, had conversations with my wife, and I was like, you know, she's like, what if you know? Because we just we talk. I've been with my wife for thirty four years now, and we talk about like just crazy stuff. And she's like, well, what if you were? What if you couldn't work anymore? And I go, well, that would make me sad. I said, but. 
I'm, I'm really satisfied with what I've done, you know, and I, I feel great about what I've done and I'm constantly having to, and this is, you know, I am very, very fortunate. I'm having to reassess what my goals are because I've attained a lot of my goals, which is crazy to think about, you know, but when you're young, you know, it's, it's, I, and I guess I learned this from my dad, you know, I, you don't, like the goal is not the, the goal. Like, you know, if I'm way down here, I'm using the camera and then and the goal's way up in here. It's like, your goals need to be like here. So, you know, yeah, you have this big thing that you're thinking about, you know, I'm going to retire and travel and blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. You, you don't want that tomorrow. That That's you're you know, sort of hobbling yourself, taking yourself off at the knees. You're, you're getting to these little things in between and then you attain that goal and then you figure which way, you know, what am I going to set next? And, and so you're, you're living and you're enjoying yourself while you're getting to these markers. Um, but that journey itself is life. You know, it's, that's the old saying of, you know, life is that thing that happens while you're waiting for your life to begin. Right. It's like you are you're in it, man. You might not like it. And I'm sorry about that if you don't. Um, I think this past year, most of us didn't really like it, although it was incredibly enlightening in some ways. And it was uh there's a silver lining on everything and everything I do believe happens for a reason. Um, even if you don't like it. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, I don't know, man, it's about the journey, you know, it's, it's about the journey and everything I, I, that we go through makes us who we are. This episode is brought in part to you by audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now... New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Yeah, I, was, I think about that a lot, too. I've been thinking about it a lot lately, too, just about, you know, as things are starting to... Uh, open up a bit, uh, you know, like where, uh, you know, it seems like, oh, there, you know, maybe there's, it looks like there might be a way out, you know, like, and then sort of thinking about planning for the future and, oh, and I want to do this and maybe I, you know, I should try. And then I, and then I have to remember like, well, don't spend so much time planning to live that you don't live because I, I have that realization a lot of the time too, where it's like, no, man, this is it. This is your life, man. It's not a thing that's going to happen. You are in it and it is happening now. And don't you don't want to forget that it's happening now because you're looking at the future and then have to retrospectively go, oh, I think that was, oh, yeah, that was actually a good time, I think. And I didn't really sure. notice it because I was trying to 
we usually don't. Yeah. Yeah. We usually don't enjoy the successes when we're in the middle of them. If anything that comes out of this, I hope people do realize and not, not to be morbid about it because it's, that's not the part that's important, but the, the sort of realization of the mortality of everyone and, and the idea that you, you were reminded, this is not like a family member passed and you're sort of like, Oh, Oh, wow. I got to live every day. You know, this is like a big thing. Like, um, I used the example of when, when 9-11 happened. I, used, I was born in New York, raised in New Jersey. I'd never been up in the Twin Towers because they're there, like the Twin Towers. I can go to the fucking Twin Towers whenever I want. I go to Empire State Building, I can go to the Statue of Liberty, St. Louis Arch, whatever. When 9-11 happened, whenever I travel, whenever we, especially the conventions, if we go to a city, we go to St. Louis, where are you going? Going to the Arch. Why? Because it fucking might not be there. You want to appreciate stuff. I want to go see these cool things. Yeah, because we, we exactly. And we take a lot of stuff for granted and we're, and we, and we, we go a lot of, Oh, I'll do that later or I'll do that tomorrow or I'll do that next time when there's, there's not really any reason you're not doing it now, except you're just, you know, in a lot of cases, just, you're just fucking lazy, you know? And it's like, just get off your ass and do it if you can. Right. So I, I try to go see all these cool things and, and they're all, some of them are kitschy and, you know, driving down the freeway, the biggest donut, biggest dinosaur, ball of twine. Let's go fucking see it. Why not? Why not? You know, it's because it's there. Absolutely. Because you just, you don't know when some guy in a leather jacket with a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire is going to come along just to bring exactly. it back. You know, and like. So if you can, if you can, you know, grab that huge Jack Skellington when it's right there, get it. <laughs> oh, in the background, yes, <laughs> yes, our Disneyland stuff. Yeah, I, it's I awesome. just, just to give you a sense of how tall he is, it's sort of difficult to see when uh, <clears throat> background, but you can see. Is he? He's on a table, though, right? Or no? No, he's that's, he's a full figure. Oh, it looks like it looks from here. It looks like he's standing up on a table. No, he's standing on the floor. He's like eight feet. Oh, that's tall. fantastic! That's uh, fantastic. This surprise. is the place that you were working on when I when I saw you, right? Or is this the new place? This is I think this is the place you came to that la- the yeah. last year here. And uh yeah, and they're they're props from um I think we got them at a, at an auction, but they're from Disneyland. Like they were yep. they're from from Disneyland and and we Right. Uh, I love the know, haunted we, house, the stained glass like, haunted house. It's fantastic. I know. We're 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 we've already I know Disneyland is opening up soon, I believe, to a limited capacity, but we're not we're not ready yet emotionally to start, you know, running around. But but I do I look forward to the day like not like I ever sort of when you're talking about like not taking things for granted. I don't think I ever took for granted going and visiting the park, which, you know, is my favorite place. And Lydia and I love to go. But boy, will I appreciate the shit out of it the next time we get to go back. Oh, and, and if you I go... Every square inch of that park, every smell, every sound, every bit of, every churro, every everything. And I, look, and I, you know, it, it's, my wife and I, we, when we, before we had, we, we, I think we went to Disneyland more before we had kids than we did when we had kids. Even, even, although not when they were like, probably between one and seven, because we got yearly passes uh, every year for the family because it was great because she could go down, they could go down there and have lunch. And if the kids yeah. had a meltdown, you just get them out. And it's like no big deal because we're, you know, we're members. Yeah. Um, but what I'm really looking forward to is once, cause I'm going to, I am personally going to get vaccinated. Um, hopefully as soon as I get home. Yeah. Um, and, 
uh, I'm looking forward to going there when it's not at capacity because it won't be a capacity. <laughs> oh, okay, so this, this this connects to you because uh, you did a movie with him a thousand years ago, but Will Wheaton and Will I- Will Wheaton. <laughs> well, I believe he and I were roommates when he did that movie with you. Probably. When you when we were all uh, a lot Me younger. Me and Soleil Moon Fry and- Yes, yes. Brian Krause, yep. That's right, okay, so Will and I, around that summer, got, bought, uh, uh, Disneyland annual residence passports, which were $99. So if you went to the park twice, you already, it was already paid for. Yep. Um, and so, cause I at the time, I think tickets were like 50 or 60 bucks or something just to, or a day ticket. And so we would go at, you know, 10 o'clock at night, we drive from our apartment, get down <laughs> to Disneyland at, you know, 1040, we knew exactly, you know, which lot to park in. It was a lot easier to park at Disneyland back then. And in 92, 93, the park, um, it was before Disneyland was uh, covered in IP that they owned, right? So there was Star Tours and they had just opened Indiana Jones. But but everything else was like, it was the old Tomorrowland and like everything just felt like like classic Disney. But as a result it wasn't that crowded. Like it was yeah. sort of crowded, but not that crowded. And so we get there at 1040 and from like 1045 to midnight, there were no lines in the yeah. summer. Yeah. And you would just like, just get off of space mountain, run right back, run right through, ride it again. And we, we must've done that. You know, I feel like almost every night of the week that that's summer. awesome. And, uh, but then now Disneyland's, is much bigger. They own a lot more stuff. It's much more crowded and I still love it. But, but again, I miss those days so much of just, you know, people like yeah. Disneyland, but it wasn't like Disneyland yet. Yeah. 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 Did you, have you been to the new, uh, the new space, the star, the, the star Wars? Oh yeah. Yeah. Thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, I haven't been there yet. Yeah. Yeah. The, the black spire outpost. Yeah. We've, we've been, uh, I went with Will <laughs> We've got to go actually. To you know what? I, I know that I, I I saw pictures of that. I think you guys posted about that. Yeah, uh, I've, been, I've uh, been a few times. I've been a few times, but I did not get to the the second ride opened up after um, I was there the last time, and then pandemic, and then so I actually haven't been to the second ride in the in in the in that attraction. But it was. I mean, it's great. It's very immersive. They designed it in such a way that you can't see any other structure from inside so that you don't lose the illusion that you're there. So you can't see yeah. any other building in Anaheim, any other part of the park. So, you know, it's, it's pretty clever. Oh, that's awesome. I got, I, my favorite ride still, uh, I don't know. I, I, I cry on it every time is Soren over California. Oh, Soren, you know, I, okay. I, I just, I don't even know why, even though like I, I can see the, you know, the mechanism and the thing, if you turn your head a little too much and, the, and I just, I, I don't know when there's this thing, when you, you come over the mountains and you, there's this sort of, and you, I, oh. I don't know if it's soaring over California anymore. I think it might just be soaring. And I think, I think it, it might, is soaring. Yeah. I think it might be more of an international thing. There were some really good, like when California adventure opened it, you know, it kind of got the short end of the stick a little bit. Cause I think people were like, you know, at first, it's like, oh, this is a celebration of California. And they quickly realize, like, you know, no one gives a shit about yeah. <laughs> very specific parts yeah. of, you know, of California. 
but there were some really good rides there. Like there was a ride which they changed to Goofy's Flight School called Mulholland Madness. And it's like this sort of like square kind of a roller coaster, but it takes you all the way up to the top and it's 90 degree angle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's, it looks like a simple ride, but it is it's fucking terrifying. terrifying. It's terrifying. It's like an old Coney Island, like me yes. and my dad built, get in there, kid, you'll be fine. Yes, you know? the roller coaster is great too. <laughs> they they added a they added a, an, a layer of the Incredibles <laughs> on the roller coaster, which is amazing. And Cars Land at night is fucking mind-blowing. Radiator Springs is fucking. I cannot wait to get back. I I really miss. I, I just wish that they would spawn. You know, they'd have like a, 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 a like Tesla would take it over and sponsor it because the the fumes uh, coming out. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like it's like a bunch of lawnmowers running out there. No, my Michael Cudlitz, those are the happiest fumes on earth. Let's not forget. <laughs> They're full of wonder. <laughs> and I mean, let's be honest. If they could somehow, if they could legally sell, if they could legally brand the fumes and sell them, they would. Because they would, like, yeah. People, they get a little bottle of them at home. Yeah, and I and I it's would called much. huffing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I follow a, uh, an Instagram account from a cast member uh, called oh, what's it? I just want to make sure I get the name right. I think it's called House of the Mouse. Um, and yeah, House of the Mouse. And it's a cast member. And through the pandemic, it, it was, it's been so nourishing to my soul because occasionally he'll post like a montage of just um, voiceovers that you hear in the park all as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so like, I wonder if somebody made an album of that or if they shouldn't, didn't, they should. You know, all like the full length, like the whole Haunted Mansion thing. And Oh yeah, they've done know, that I, stuff before. This was just like ride announcements and, you know, get ready for the wildest ride in the way, you know, just like yeah. all of the, and it, it just, it made me so happy. Like it filled my soul in such a way to hear like four minutes of, of just park sounds that it's, you know, it's I got great. really excited. And then you went and yeah. bought a, you went and bought a turkey drumstick and. I'm not a fan of the turkey drum. The turkey I'm drum not either. Always, it's a it always looks like the fucking Flintstone. Yeah, yeah. It's the Ren Fair. I'm like, ah, what do you do with that? Like, uh, you, it's no. And turkey drumsticks are just nasty. I mean, tur- turkey turkey is a great ensemble cast member. It's great with mashed <laughs> potatoes. It's great with stuffing. It's great with gravy. On its own, is just it's not a great solo album. I got to be honest. It's like that was that was the. The solo artist that should should have stayed with the group, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure the turkey feels that way too. I mean, just like a hot, sweaty turkey leg on a <laughs> on a hot day. Like, <laughs> the pitch for that. Hey, this would be great. They they do it at the Ren Fair all the time. Uh. I mean, it is also kind of like it does. It just sort of make me realize like what carnivores we are too. It's like it is the leg, the oh, giant yeah. leg. Yeah. Of a former, of, of what was a dinosaur at some point in evolutionary history, you know? I mean, it is very Flintstonian in that way. It's great. What are you going to, uh, when are you coming back? Uh, end of April. Oh, that's not too long. Yeah, so we're, 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 we're kind of at the final, final stretch. Um, really excited to get back. So I, over the, because we have to, every time you come here from the States, you have to quarantine for two weeks. Right. So we did a four month run and then I went home for six days or eight days of my three and a half weeks vacation and then had to come back in quarantine for the rest of it. Oh, wow. 
and then we went back and uh, you know so I'm, I've been I'm on the, the tail end of another four months stint without seeing the family so it, it's in that way it's been rough uh, in in other ways it's been sort of exciting to be able to immerse in the work the way we are because all we do is you know that's all we're doing right now is living the, none of the outside stuff interferes with us because it's you, you work you come home you study you sleep you go back to work right um and the and the, you know the cast has bonded in a way that you know this is becoming more and more common i think is that the casts are getting along because i don't think anyone tolerates uh assholes like they used to uh, it's just the behavior is not tolerated so we don't have anything here, which again, a, another wonderful situation I found myself in. Um, great cast, really creative, very supportive. Um, everybody's at very varying degrees in their career. So it's a really wonderful mix. And uh, it's, you know, the work has been great. The show's getting better and better. I, I loved the show when we started doing it and was happy with the first few episodes, really happy. And I just, it's just been getting better and better. You know, they're, they're writing for us. They're finding our voices. It's, it's one of those wonderful situations, you know, that, that doesn't come along a lot. So we're, we're excited to see what happens. Um, CBS, it seems like they're really happy with the, you know, the audience response. Uh, again, it's a weird year. So we don't, you know, we really don't know what's going on. Um, and hopefully we get to come back and play again next year. Well, that would be very nice. And it's, it's, to the show being set about a year after the events of Silence of the Lambs is, is a really good place to start yeah. it because sometimes when you're watching prequels, it can be fun in the sense that you're like, oh, you characters don't know what's coming, you know, but yeah. also uh, you don't, as a, as an audience member, you don't have to lose those events with that story. You know, it's like, you're all yep. kind of on the same page. You you know you because you saw Silence of the Lambs. The characters know because they lived through it, and you get to move on from there. And I think that's a really interesting way to to do it. We have a lot of things. Our show takes place in 1993. We're we're, we're gadgetless. We're fl- flip phones, which are used to talk to someone else. That's it. You know. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of de- actual detecting going on and a lot of human interaction. And but that in that world, the beginning of DNA, of DNA too, was like yes, and, and we and totally we deal with that. Yeah, we deal with that in the show. Obviously, we you know the, the tests come back way quicker than they ever would have in the real world. It takes weeks. Um, we get them, you know, it's CSI, <clears throat> you know, so the world is accustomed to get them quicker on television. <laughs> and you know, our culture is also so because you know the because true crime junkies are such a thing now and you know, understanding the, 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 the pathology of serial killers and unpacking and all of the, you know, but not common just 30 years ago was still just kind of, you know, um, the, the, the science was still, they were still just, you know, like kind of getting it up and running, you know, about 30 yeah. years ago and just starting to really begin to understand it. So, you know, kind of being at the dawn of that is really, um, it, we take it for, again, we take it for granted now. We take it for granted yeah. now because there is an entire channel devoted to true crime. There are entire, you know, there are libraries of, you know, unpacking the same cases, unpacking serial killers, trying to understand why, you know, murders. And and so, um, but at the time, that wasn't as common, uh, if, if I remember being a grown-ass adult in 1993. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I mean, yeah. I was still, 
Oh yeah. No, I was, I was a grown up. Yeah. I was a grown up. Yeah. I, I could vote in 1993. <laughs> I could go to a bar in 1993. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and it's funny how we've come so far. If you, if you look at the technology from then till now, you know, we look at the technology at least for, for me, I look at the technology my kids were born with versus what I was born with and where, what I had when they were born. Yeah. And it's insane. You know, and just the intuitive acceptance that they have of, you know, oh, pick up a phone and just start doing it or a computer, right? And, you know, we're all like, what, but how does it work? How? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, you lost. <laughs> you know, you said, how does that? Never mind. You're, you're done. <laughs> how did you drive anywhere and not get lost? We had to look at street signs. Exactly. We exactly. had to ask people for directions. <laughs> or not. <laughs> or not. Or just figure it out because we got super yeah. lost. Yeah, take a left at the Seven Eleven. You know, it was that's what you did. Um, you know, the, the the floor of your passenger seat would be like you know empty Gatorade bottles and maps with yeah, the Thomas it. Guide. Remember the, the Thomas, Thomas Guide? Guide? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We get yeah. that with all of our auditions. We get Thomas Thomas Guide coordinates or page page seventy eight on the Thomas Guide. Oh, okay. I wonder. I don't know if the Thomas Guide integrated into some sort of a digital thing. But the Thomas Guide, I wonder if that was one of those things where at the height of it, they were like, this is never going away. When are people going to not need maps? We're on a train to where this is on a money train that's never going to. And then, you know, I imagine at some point they got bought by like Google Map or something like that because they must have had a tremendous amount of information. I'm sure. You know what I mean? That's one of those things. So I'm sure that I'm sure that all the work was absorbed. But uh, but yeah, there's no. Grab me the Thomas guy off the back of the chair. You know, <laughs> he used to reach back. Yeah, no, and you, the Thomas guy off the floor. Be a map maker, and then along comes you know technology, wearing a leather jacket with a bat wrapped in barbed yeah. wire. <laughs> Damn you! <laughs> well, I uh, I love you to pieces, Michael Cudlitz. Awesome. I, I, it's me really well. nice your face, and uh, you know, I hope I hope I get to see you in 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 the real actual world at some point soon. We will. Me, you, and Will should go out and get a, a, a whiskey at some point. Oh, Will. You guys, do you guys ever travel? No. Well, I I I think I've seen. I think we've seen Will and Ann maybe two two or three times during the pandemic in a very socially distanced, like outside kind of way. Yeah. And. Um, and then everything got really crazy at the end of the year, like cases just went bonkers. And so then no one was seeing anybody. And so, but we, but, you know, uh, but we'll talk, you know, every, every few weeks, we'll just sort of check in. How you doing? How you, he's working a ton right now, which is great. He's like, he's doing such great stuff. And I, I just could not be happy. I just couldn't be happier for him. I love him. Awesome. Love him. Awesome. He's my brother. Well, tell him um, I said hello. I, I, definitely I miss him. Will. I, I, I run into him every once in a while at conventions, and it's always great to see him. Um, all right. It's very nice to see you. I, you as uh, well, my friend. Thank you. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Take care. Bye. ID 10 scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? 
Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 